Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle, and I'd like to welcome you to the second video in a series on fighting right. And our expert is Aletha Barnett. Aletha is a trained attorney. She's a trained conciliator, and she heads up the ministry at Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship on conflict resolution and mediation. So thank you, Aletha. And let me mention while I'm thinking about it that she has a book coming out soon, and we will put the link to that on our website with her bio, where you can read much more about Aletha than I have time to say right now. So thank you again, Aletha, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, in our first video, we talked about the nature of conflict. And so for those who haven't seen it, I hope they'll go back and watch that one. But this time we want to talk about fighting right God's way. What does it mean to do that in God's way? And clearly we, you and I, believe that the Bible is sufficient for life and that it guides us in everything. And so it's no surprise that there is guidance about conflict in the Bible. Absolutely. So where does that lead us? What do we learn from God's Word about fighting right? All right. Thank you. Thank you for asking. There are several points uh, related to your question, and I'm reminded of a story uh, that I tell from time to time about a little boy. Oh, this happened probably 15 years ago. I uh, came out the front door of my home. Something caught my attention to the right, and it was uh, a little boy, and he was running down the middle of the street and uh, just vigorously running and a serious expression on his face. So I got a little concerned and I was watching this kid and you know, as women, we naturally are nurturing and I'm going like, what do I need to do to help here? And so his little legs and just, I mean, most serious expression probably I'd ever seen on a kid. And so he was just moving. And when he got near me, I'm about to say something, he never even looks, he keeps going. And then I looked toward where he was running, and then I understood. He was in hot pursuit of an ice cream truck (laughs) that was leaving our street. You know, and I learned a lesson for that. That little boy wanted that ice cream, and he pursued it. Pursued means chase after, run after. And the Bible tells us to pursue peace and the building up of one another. Chase after peace and the building up of one another. So that's the first premise I want to start with, is that we are to pursue peace. And as we say, fight right. And then the Bible is very specific regarding how we are to handle conflict. Matthew 18, 15, 16. 17 if you bring the church uh, more directly in. But Matthew 18, 15 says, that if we're in conflict, we're to do it and handle it just between the two of us. That is the lowest possible level with just two people involved, nobody else involved. 
That stops the gossip. That stops the polarization of taking sides because we know that when we tell our friends our side of the conflict, we tell it in the light most favorable to us. Of course. And absolutely. And the other side tells their friends in the light most favorable to them. And so then you've got this side thinking they're right, that side thinking they're right, and there's only one right way, and that's God's standard. And if they're not using God's standard, they're not right. So they already breached the standard by telling others. First, just between the two of you. That's the first step. And of course, you could share with someone else if you're sharing it for a legitimate reason, like, would you pray with me? I've got this conflict. I want God's direction in how to handle it. That's Matthew 18, 15. If that doesn't work, then we move to Matthew 18, 16. And it clearly says in Matthew 18, 15, you go alone, and if, you, if it works out, you've won your brother. But if it doesn't work out, you take one or two others with you. Notice, once again, that's a limited number of people. It's specific. Take one or two others with you so that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything can be established. That's the same thing in the law. You've got two or three witnesses whose weight of evidence would trump someone with one story alone. So you take the two or three witnesses and you try to get it resolved there. And so follow the biblical principle in resolving conflict. Matthew 18, 15, 16. I call it follow the Matthew brick road, so to speak. <laughs> That's a good way to remember it, isn't it? Yes, yes. Where would you find witnesses to take with you? That's a very good question. One, you want it to be a situation where they're neutral, and it's unlikely that if you pick your friend, the other side's going to agree, or if they pick their friend, uh, that you would agree. So you get mature believers out of your church who are impartial they don't care who's right or wrong. They care about God's standards, and they're there to come alongside and assist you. Now, at our church, we have a conflict resolution ministry where uh, members who have been unable to resolve the conflict can come to our ministry. And we've got, uh, I directed, we've got a team of about 15 people. And so we come alongside. We're impartial. We help them to unlock communications in a safe environment. You know, there are a lot of people who would like to resolve conflict. They just don't know how. And so, as you said uh, at the beginning, God's word is sufficient for all aspects of life. And so he's given us a specific roadmap in Matthew 18, 15, 16 in uh, resolving conflict. So in a sense, the fact that they're called witnesses, they're wi they will witness the conversation it's not that they're going to take the side of the person who's coming in to witness to say, we all agree against you. It's, it's more or less that they will witness the attempt to resolve the conflict. They will not only uh, witness that attempt, specifically it says, so that out of the mouth of two to three witnesses, everything can be established. And you establish that based on God's word. As they're there to assist you and establish it, they can discern and tell, is this person is trying to resolve it or whether this person is not trying to resolve it. 
it's not that difficult uh, to do. For example, in the mediations, it's very clear when people dig their heels in and they're unwilling to follow God's word. He said, make peace, live at peace. And so you can see that this one is and this one isn't. But we know that if they're both applying biblical principles, it will resolve itself. Generally, it doesn't resolve when a sin issue is involved. Somebody's dug their heels in and not willing to agree. Now, if it's a, an opinion or a perspective, you can always uh, disagree without being disagreeable. We've heard that statement. We agree to disagree without being disagreeable. We may not agree on that point, but we have to agree if we are applying biblical principles that we want to love each other, we want to honor God, we want to glorify Him, we want to do this right. What happens if the other person is unwilling to meet with you in this group? They don't want to reconcile. They are perfectly happy having this conflict tear your friendship or your family apart or whatever it is. Yes. What, what do you do? That's, that's very good. Again, God's Word is sufficient for all aspects of life. In, uh, I believe it's Romans, yes, Romans 12 and 18. It says that if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You're not responsible for the other person's actions or reactions. You're only responsible for yours. So you want to be obedient to pursue the peace. So the real question is, have you made every effort to pursue peace uh, with that person? They don't want to be at peace, and you want it. When is it that you stop? We each have a moral compass within us. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It depends on the seriousness of the conflict. It also depends on the temperaments of the people. As we said um, in one of the other videos, some people are attack people and they have no interest in uh, pursuing peace. So as far as it depends on you, live at peace, make every effort, and then you will know based on the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit tells you, whether or not you've proceeded and done all that you can do. And then you sit back and you trust God. Now. Stopping the situation doesn't mean you won't continue to pray, even if they don't want to resolve the matter. Had a situation um, some time ago where, and they were, they were all Christian people and they were in conflict. Every one of them loved the Lord, but they could not agree on one particular thing where one felt, person felt they were seriously hurt. They mediated and they still ended up in conflict, not happy with each other. But you know what happened? You can't force it. You can't force people to be at peace. What happened was over time, they all came around and God convicted it. So that's, that's, that's a, a thing to be mindful of. Don't force peace. Do what you can do biblically and love the person and then trust God for the consequences of your obedience to him in making every effort you can make to be at peace. Wow, thank you. That's so much to take in, <laughs> but it is so, so very helpful. And thank you for sharing that. Um, 
In our next video, we're going to talk about really understanding other people and how that helps in resolving conflict. So okay. I'm looking forward to seeing that and looking I hope that you will join us for the third video in this series. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.